Hello, and welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, where we bring you the brightest independent artists. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. I'm very happy to announce that Joy Sounds is now available as a live stream channel. Go follow us at twitch.tv slash joysoundsmusic so you can meet and hear live performances from an amazing lineup of artists. Again, follow us at twitch.tv slash joysoundsmusic or on Instagram or Twitter using the handle at joysoundsmusic to keep up with our live stream schedule. We look forward to seeing you there. I also want to thank our presenting partner, Music Connection. Music Connection has been an invaluable resource to the entire music community since 1977. For more information, visit musicconnection.com. Today, our guest is the ethereal and captivating Luna Shadows. Her debut album, Digital Pacific, has been hailed by critics as luminous, highly emotive, and described as dark pop with a taste of anarchy. Digital Pacific is an ambitious double album that is sequenced like a California road trip giving insights into the personal experience of Luna Shadows. During the show, Luna performs three stripped-down live versions of songs from the album. She plays Night Swim, Trash TV, and the 90s. So let's begin the episode with a live performance of Night Swim by Luna Shadows on Joy Sounds. Oh 
And that was a live performance of Night Swim by Luna Shadows. And it is my pleasure to welcome to Joy Sounds, Luna Shadows. Hello, Luna. How are you doing? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning to you. So nice to see you and hear you. What a beautiful rendition. That's such a different version of Night Swim that we can hear off of your debut album, Digital Pacific. It's like a, almost a reimagining of, uh, of the song. We so appreciate you doing that for us. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to put a different spin on it. The original version is now, I guess, what is it, 2021? So four or five years old. And for me, it's kind of like looking at a dead star by the time you see it. (laughs) By the time you've seen it, it's totally um, old news to me. So it's important to keep things fresh. Yeah, absolutely. And does a song like that sort of evolve for you, even in the interpretation and the performance, a song like this that you've lived with for quite some time? This is a funny one in particular because, and I opened with it, which is what I'm about to say is makes this sound crazy, but um, I almost cut this song. It was one of the foundational tracks for my album and I've evolved so far past it, but that by the time I put the album out, I was like, I don't know about this, but Hmm. having done the acoustic versions of it and strip versions of it, it definitely has given me like an opportunity to appreciate it in a different way. And it's not that I don't like the song. It's just... It's like looking back at something that feels like a diary entry or, or whatever. It just sure. all artists deal with this, but this song in particular for me was one of those. I see where it fits into the narrative of Digital Pacific, this incredibly ambitious um, debut album that all told equates to a, a, a double album um, in the way that it's formatted. It's a concept album that sort of brings together your experience of California, um, navigating the digital space, navigating sort of the stresses and anxiety of the world. And we hear the story unfold over the course of the record. Tell us a little bit about how this concept came to be for Digital Pacific. Why, thank you. That is a very nice description of it. I appreciate that you use the word ambitious because I think <laughs> that describes me. Like I, My ambition always comes before my ideas or any sort of talent or anything. I just start right. with a, with a, a want to do something. Um, that's kind of in my story. But in terms of the idea for the album, um, when I was putting this project together and people were asking, you know, what's different about you or what's special about you? And I was like, nothing. I don't know. But, um, and you know, that's not <laughs> true. That's not true. But I get it. I understand. I understand. It's a hard question to answer. I think for me, something different about me and in, in my own mind is that I followed my dream. I, I got to move across country. I had the privilege of moving to California to pursue my dreams. And, California, where I've been for a decade now, has become this like really important character in my story. I love waking up here. It's it's completely changed me as a person, and it almost seemed crazy to not include it um, 
as a topic of conversation in my song. So that's where the Californian kind of angle came in. And I, right. I just have this like passion for living here. I love it so much. I think for anybody who's never been here or maybe can't even relate to that specifically, it, your California can be any place that really makes you feel at home. It's the place you want to be both like physically or also just spiritually or whatever. And then the Pacific so it's digital and Pacific. That's the Pacific angle. Then I should say the digital angle is um, when I was expanding from my EPs to my album, I wanted to do something that reached into this other part of my life. I saw like artists sanctioning out their like digital lives and then their analog lives, so to speak. Yeah. And I, as of a few years ago, when I started making this album, I, I hadn't seen any artists like really poetically, I don't know. I, it just felt weird to me that people led these digital lives that were so disconnected from reality. And so I wanted to kind of combine my digital world and my analog world. And that's the, where the title Digital Pacific comes from. I get a sense that we are looking through the window at, you know, into your experiences and emotions of of navigating this. The lyrics are almost drawn directly from you, correct? Yeah, totally. And in fact, that is one of the reasons why Night Swim in particular almost got the boot because Night Swim is the only song on the album that is so conceptual that it's... Okay, so the narrator in the song is like half millennial Juliet, like it's an updated version of Romeo and Juliet and slash half me. It's kind of this like hybrid character that isn't totally me. Inspired by my experiences, it's almost like a... um hyper like version of me or something I, there's a dose of fictionalization uh yeah. to this to this particular one even though it's rooted in some of your experience it's also a bit of a fictionalization huh yeah it's just kind of a romanticization or just like a, an overall it's like a, it's a, there's a playfulness to it conceptually and so but you're right that everything else is confessional and i like that you said that because a few people have written about it or interviewed me about it, but actually nobody said that. And I feel like it's very, I don't know. I feel like it's very confessional, but I was kind of like, I'm always surprised when people are like, oh, they focus on the concept more than the fact that it is very me, I guess. So I appreciate they said that. (laughs) Good. Good. Well, I I certainly try, (laughs) try to get at those elements. Um, And it also seems like it comes with a visual feel as well. So any of the videos that I that I see of you, uh, for example, the one for Trash TV, and we're going to hear a version of Trash TV later on in, in today's show, there's also a look and a feel that continues to extend the vibe and the mood of this record. So you conceive this beyond just a record, right? It's a visual as well. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for also noting that. I feel like I've just made lemonade by Beyonce on your podcast. <laughs> but no, I did. And it was that's something that's been really, really important to me. I didn't feel super confident at first putting myself in all my visuals because I really wanted the centerpiece to be the art. And that is still my priority. But I did realize as I was working on my music through my EPs that I can be a canvas as well. Like I can, I don't have to just be me, I can be part of the art project. So with that in mind, I kind of moved forward and inserted myself into the art and into the concept and tried to illustrate things. I found that was more effective than taking a back seat, mm-hmm. um, putting a face on it and being a being a human and being vulnerable. But totally, it's an audiovisual project. I would consider that to be extremely true. And sometimes the videos and visuals come to me like while I'm working on the song or shortly after. 
also integrated at least a little bit into your songs, but also that I'm just fascinated by is your skateboarding. Hey. <laughs> Man, you look like so free and just like, this is like a beautiful thing that you do is your skateboarding. Is this a passion of yours? It is. That's so funny. I Because we've known each other for a while and I have been skateboarding for longer than I've known you actually. No but, way. <laughs> um, but when I moved to California, it was li- literally, I think like the first, within the first few weeks or months that I got here, um, as soon as I, I didn't have my car initially, I didn't have a car here. So I had a bike like the day that I got here and then it was my dream to learn how to skateboard. And I did so um, pretty much right away. But I was bad for a long time. This is a <laughs> this is a recurring theme in my story, being bad at something for a long time, but really wanting to be good at it. So I have been skating for a long time. I love it. I don't do any tricks. I'm not good, but I'm good at going straight, cruising. Like I just love zipping around. But I like no kickflips here. I would love to learn, but it's I feel like at this point the fear of hospitalization is like higher than it used to be. So <laughs> and, and and it's very difficult to play guitar when you jam it into the sidewalk after you fall. That's the number one thing. Like I'm really scared of messing up my wrists, especially permanently. I already have some carpal tunnel going on and for like piano and I don't know. I just I kind of can't risk it, but if I could go back in time, I mean, I was raised in New York and there's definitely a skate scene, but not in like suburban New York in the middle of the winter. There's, it's just ice. So <laughs> if I could go back in time. I wish I'd learned as a kid. I have to tell you, there's something Zen-like of somebody just watching you kind of just cruise around really, really easy and and nice. It gives the, the viewer like a bit of mindfulness. So thanks for that. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you. I'm surprised you never saw me skating around, but maybe it's just been a long time. I may have, but now <laughs> it's, now I've kind of like seen it uh, again yeah, in the yeah. context of Luna Shadows videos and things like that. And it's like, that's cool. No, it's a big part of my uh, my brand, I'd say. And <laughs> I will get, I'll be called a poser for that, but that's fine. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you own that, own your, own your poser status. I love that. <laughs> hey, I'm like an advanced intermediate skater there you go. only straight <laughs> you are kind enough to play us a few tunes on today's episode we so appreciate this and the next one that you're going to play for us is trash tv once again off the debut album digital pacific the storyline that you weave throughout the album takes us on definitely the highs and the lows um, and as you've experienced your life in California, as you've wrestled with your digital worlds versus your analog worlds, you've had your shares of ups and downs. And Trash TV sort of in a very, very real world sort of lets us in on how you cope and how you're dealing with this. I just appreciate you opening up to us in such a vulnerable way in your songwriting. Thank you. Yeah, um, as I put together this album, which feels like, I mean, my goal was for it to be a real California album. Talk about being a poser. I'm not even from here, but I've been here for more than a decade. So I'm like, that's it. Exactly. I, I, it's time to update the California songs. We get a new one every like 10 years. And I was like, this is my, so my whole album has this, like we talked about this theme, but as I was kind of putting, um, you know, I started this in 2016, pre-election, pre-all that. And not that California hasn't always had its problems, but the past four years in particular have culminated in a, in um, some really dark times. Mm. And it felt insincere to me to put out an album with so much romanticization that didn't like, 
at least mention, you know, the the paths of my own ups and downs here, as well as, you know, that of others. Not everybody gets the chance to follow their dreams here. And I know that's an extreme privilege. And so this song is kind of my way of noting that. Um, And at the same time, I felt like, I feel like sometimes it's difficult for me to even talk about downtimes here when I, I know that there are, you know, so many people suffering in ways that I, I can't even imagine. So this is my attempt to kind of put all of that together in my brain. So let's check this out. So this is a live performance of Trash TV by Luna Shadows here on Joy Sounds. Mattress left on sunset, welcome to gentrification Someone else is suffering, it's somebody's vacation Everyone in LA, they blame the constellations I got all that I need
And that was Trash TV, performed by Luna Shadows. Let me take a minute to tell you about our co-sponsor, Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection caters to artists, musicians, industry pros, and support services. For years, Music Connection has been known for discovering new talent by reviewing unsigned artists, both through its live performance reviews and critiques of recordings. Music Connection never charges a fee for its reviews. Known for years as the Musician's Bible, Music Connection bridges the gap between the street and the elite. It exists to serve artists and music makers of all genres, offering connections to the unconnected and to provide expert, cutting-edge information that can help you take your music to the next level. Whether offering tips on raw survival or exclusive contact lists of industry pros like managers and label representatives, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the professional and semi-pro musician. Check it out at musicconnection.com. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Luna Shadows. And that was Trash TV, performed by Luna Shadows. Um, and once again, we so appreciate like the different interpretation. It gives us something to go check out on your record, Digital Pacific, because it's a completely you know, different interpretation, different setting. This is this is almost kind of harkening back to the the singer songwriter environment that you've you've also spent some time in. It totally is. Um, it is a return to form for me. I started as you know as more of a singer songwriter, uh, just me and my guitar. When I moved to California, I didn't have I didn't have Pro Tools. I didn't have any production skills, and um, I didn't even have access to a piano most of the time. So um, even though that's my first instrument so it was like me and my guitar for the longest time and then um a few years into being here like honestly four years it took me to feel like I could even consider doing any sort of production and then um, I took some classes but I really feel like like everything else you kind of learn on the job and it was my experience after the classes were like really helpful in learning the basics and key commands or whatever but like the artistic stuff I learned all along the way, along the journey here. And then I feel like I was like, whoa, what was I doing before not having this skill set? Anyway, all this is to say that I became a producer and I became so invested in writing and performing in that way and more of an electronic or a digital way um, that I kind of abandoned my singer-songwriter-ness. But I actually feel like now I'm having a bit of a return to form after this album, doing these acoustic things, but also just like, I don't know, repositioning myself for the future. Like my music will be, I think, a combination of these two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just like it that it can exist effectively in different settings and in different interpretations like this. You can kind of repurpose this um, and even take it out on the road. You can take it out on the road with the electric version and the acoustic singer-songwriter version. So we can get different versions of Luna Shadows along the way. Yeah. So when my laptop dies um, at a festival <laughs> one day, I'll bring out the old dusty give me a Give me a ukulele and we'll go. We'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. So as as you mentioned earlier in our discussion, you and I have had a chance to get to know each other over quite some time, and I've been had the pleasure of watching you work. And you definitely described that you would you went into a lot of situations new to something, you know, not necessarily understanding how to get something done. But what has always knocked me out about you time and time again is your work ethic and your determination. And I just want to hear more about how you acquired that. Or was that just out of necessity? Because your drive is something that is uh, unusual and admirable, quite frankly. 
Thank you. Um, that's nice of you to say. I I think that um, I've always okay. I don't think I have any natural talent, and I'm not saying this to be like self-deprecating. Like I genuinely don't feel like I was born with any special musical talent whatsoever, except maybe that like I have good ears. But as far as like good singing, like I everything I've done, I've had to to learn, and I still feel like I'm only average. But I'm saying this as like a sharp contrast to some of my peers who like came out of the womb singing like Ariel from the little mermaid. Like I <laughs> not one of those people. I had a love and a passion for music. And that's, that is reflective of the family that I come from. Like nobody's a musician or, or an artist or anything. Um, I should say like uh, elders, um, but there's a deep, a pre- my, cause my siblings are also very talented, but um but there's a deep appreciation for the arts and a passion for it. So I grew up in a family that nurtured that. Um, but I didn't have any natural talent. So I really I had to learn everything. And I was like, oh, my God, what's that? I want to do it. And I've had that before. I've had, I don't know, it's like my skill set has had to catch up. My Everything has had to catch up to just my desire to do something. Mm. Whereas I know for other people, like they do something because they're good at it. That wasn't me. I've had to work very hard to be a producer. I've had to work very hard to be decent at piano. I started so late. I've had to work hard at being a singer. I don't know why. I just, I wasn't a good singer as a kid. I, I just need, I worked all day. I used to like sit in my family's basement and like on the old, um, like Dell computer singing into the built-in microphone, like just to hear myself back as an eight-year-old, to see if I was good at singing and I wasn't. So yeah, that's, that's just been my story is like catching up to my ambition. Yeah. But that catching up, I wonder if there's also sort of a a positive aspect to this because that time and that working through the process of all of this has allowed you to sort of arrive at this fully formed concept of Luna shadows. It didn't happen overnight and it was the result of a lot of hard work and dare I say even trial and error. So now in hindsight, are you are you able to see a little bit of, I don't know, the benefits of this, the being able to let it unfold over time to allow the true vision of Luna Shadows to establish itself? Yeah, I am really grateful for this path. It's not, I will say it was really painful throughout and it continues to be painful. Like it's not like I've arrived, but I do feel like I had to catch up. I had my ambition and my goal, but I had two things to catch up on. One was my confidence and one was my skill set. And the skill set is like, okay, you know what you have to do. You have to practice. You have to take lessons or you have to reach out to others, ask questions. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways to deal with that. Confidence is kind of like another thing. And like you said, trial and error. And I think that there's this like misconception in music, and maybe this comes from those people that just are born talented, that like you have to have your vision fully formed, you have to know. But for me, all of this was a journey to get here. And I I I, I think about this all the time. I just I don't think there could have been any other way. I don't know. There just this couldn't was, have been this was how it was supposed to happen, right? It, it yeah. was the path for you. Yeah. And if it had been a minute sooner, it wouldn't have been, you know, it's funny because this project is extremely curated, but, and and some people might feel like, well, okay, curated is not um, authentic, but it is, I am curated. Like that is how 
that is how I like to put things forward. That's a representation of who I am as a person. And weirdly enough, I feel like it took me time to become my most authentic self, which Mm. sounds like a bit of a paradox because you are you, right? But if I look back to the person I was when, you know, I met you, I was extremely unconfident and I had all these bits of vision, but they weren't put together. And I, the last four years in particular, I'm like, okay, no, this is me. Um, And even when I look back and I say like, oh, I've grown out of a song like Night Swim, I still feel like it's me and it represents me. I'm not like, oh God, how embarrassing. Whereas before that, I was like, no, this shoe doesn't fit. No, this shoe doesn't fit. Or like when you go get an eye test and they are like, better or worse? Better or worse, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I I get it. And like I said, I was so lucky to be a sounding board as you were sorting those things out. And honestly, it was really great to watch this process uh, unfold as you were sort of figuring it out, figuring it out. But I know that it wasn't easy. I bet you were challenged to even continue. I just want to hear more about sort of, you know, how you've had to dig into the perseverance and, 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 and break through those moments. Thank you. Um, I don't really know. To be honest, I'm such a sensitive person. Like I, I think the thing is, and this is going to sound like so completely cheesy, but it really, I feel like my only victory is that I just have gotten up every time I go home. I cry. I cry my eyes out. I feel horrible. I hate myself when I, (laughs) you know, in the face of rejection, but then I like sleep it off for two days and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll try again. And that has just been it. Like there's no, there's no special secret. I think it's just like to other artists and I don't even feel like I'm in a position to give advice, but for some weird reason, people will come to me for advice. Um, I think it really is, it's not easy, but it's simple. You just have to keep getting up. I mean, I can't tell you how much rejection I face. I mean, Chris, you've you've rejected me. (laughs) 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 But I think that, um, I think that rejection has been important. And I think our ability to deal with rejection as simple as it sounds is like, is very informative about where we're going to end up. And I don't know if that's just me because like I said, I don't feel like I have natural talent. So for me, I've had no choice, but to keep getting up. I set a goal. And for me, it was like seeing the end of a football field. Like I was like, well, I'm just not there yet. And it doesn't matter how painful it is. I'm just going to keep going. But yeah. But I do have to say, yes, I turned you away the first time that you and I had uh, encountered each other. But when you showed back up, <laughs> when you returned, you you earned my lifelong respect. That was it. Uh, when you when you showed back up, it was it was really impressive. So I, I just I gotta hand it to you. Thank you. I I appreciate that. And in retrospect, I was like, wow, that was pretty gutsy of me to to do to like not <laughs> no. I don't I don't know if I would do that now. I might just be like, okay. And here we um, are, ten years later, talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but um. But I think that people like you who give people the opportunity to grow, I mean, that, that's been an important part of my story too, because not, every, not everybody reopens the door. Yeah. I think for all, all artists going through rejection right now, it's like, if you could just picture yourself a month ahead, a year ahead, a week ahead, just get out of the current rejection. Even if like, I don't know, I feel like these little doses of rejection all the time, like, oh, we pitched um, 
a song to a magazine and they said it was stupid and I never want to hear it again. Like, I don't know. I, that hurts my feelings. Like I'm not actually resilient. It <laughs> makes me kind of emo I'm and sorry. fall apart, but, but it's all worth it. When I get the one person who says yes, like the 40 knows versus then the one person that says yes, or the one magazine that says yes, or the, you know, that's where you just have to take those and like, be like, okay, we got this one victory off we go. Yeah. Well, Luna, it is such a privilege to know you and to have watched you arrive at this point with um, this remarkable work that is Digital Pacific. I'm, like I said, I'm a fan. I always have been a fan, but wow, you you really put it together in this in this debut album. Congratulations on it. Thank you. Yeah. And before I let you go, you are willing to play us another song, and which we so appreciate. And this one, again, is taken from the album, and uh, this is the 90s, and this is even further stripped-back version of some of the tunes. But tell us a little bit about the backstory of the 90s. Speaking of rejection, um, the <laughs> 90s is, is okay, so I really like the stripped-back version of this, or the quiet version, like I call it. Um, I think I prefer it to the... <laughs> To the um, I love this. I love the song. I love the produced song. But there's something about it that okay. The original version of this song is meant to be playful because what it's about is all my worst fears, my worst anxieties, all the things that could go wrong. And this um, production is so upbeat and you know, kind of bops along. And the idea is like laughing at myself a little bit and like this, all the ridiculous things that could happen and. My, I don't know. I have a wild imagination. I'm like a fear collector. If I like see something in a movie, I'm like, oh, got to add that to my list of like things that could <laughs> go wrong. Um, and so the, you know, the the song, the music video, they're quite upbeat and playful in an attempt to kind of like empower myself almost or like poke fun at myself. But I think hearing the stripped back version, um, I think it will give. I think it gives people access to the side of me that like is not what I necessarily put forward with the, the original version of the song. It's, it's the fearful person. It's the sad person. It's mm. the person who, um, I don't want to be that one dimensional, but like it, it is speaking about the most difficult times and the most difficult things and how I let these thoughts get a hold of me. I mean, you said I was resilient before or something like that, that I keep com coming back up. That's and right. this is a song where I feel like I'm like, well, I don't know. This is me kind of knocked down. So. All right. Okay. And, and it, it probably takes on a, even a heightened emotion in this in this quiet setting that you're about to present. Luna, it's been so great to catch up with you, and we wish you nothing but the best with Digital Pacific and everything to come. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And so to wrap up today's show, this is The 90s, performed by Luna Shadows here on Joy Sounds. Just might kill me You're at the hard quicksand in the 90s With a lot of things that never will be It's like a minefield Stay on the land, please Stay on the land, please Stay on the land, please Sometimes, always, I get nervous Always something out of Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words say hurt. Lightning strikes, it's been a long time. The 
and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know. Music you need to know.